I never knew I was angry until I became a mom. Yes, this is the quote I heard this author say years ago, and it really struck me. I thought, wow, someone else gets it. Someone else didn't know they could possibly yell at their two-year-old. Like, where did that come from? And she wrote this book called Triggers with a co-author, Amber Leah. And I have read this book and listened to the audio and done the workbook about three times. It has really just helped me figure out these triggers and what to do about them. And so I had the immense honor to interview our guest today and have a conversation about this book, Triggers. And so Wendy Speak is here today for our conversation. And Wendy, whether she's on the stage or on the page, she continues to minister to women's hearts through storytelling and biblical life application. With a background in Hollywood as a trained actress, she couples the power of God's word with personal testimony. Known for the uncanny way, she meets women in their most common struggles from sugar addiction to mommy anger. Wendy uses every opportunity to point readers to the transforming power of God's word and the faithful nearness of his Holy Spirit. Wendy is the author of multiple books, including The 40-Day Sugar Fast, The 40-Day Social Media Fast, and The 40-Day Feast. She also is the co-author of the popular parenting books, Triggers, Parenting Scripts, and Life Creative. Though originally a California girl, Wendy and her husband, Matt, now live in the great state of Texas with their three teenage sons. When she isn't ministering to others, Wendy enjoys gardening, taking walks in their neighborhood, and fixing meals for family and friends. Mama, I am thrilled to have you listen in on this conversation today. I know you're going to find so many nuggets that you can actually use in your own parenting and mothering. And then this gets a little lengthy. So in the next episode, I will share how you can partner with Wendy in her next adventure and how you can use the power of God to transform your own life through what she has going on. So stay tuned for that. Come back next episode and hear all about that. Okay, here is my conversation with Wendy Speak. Let's go. Hey mama, are you stressed by the lack of time in the day to do all the things? Are you feeling disconnected from God, your husband, and even your kids because patience and presence seem out of reach? Do you want a healthier body, mind, spirit, and home, but overwhelmed in where to start? Hey, I'm Shan Wright, daughter of the king, wife, mom to four, RN, wellness coach, and I know very well what it feels like to want to live well, but about to lose it with my very blessed full life. After realizing I can't pour from an empty cup, I tracked my way to whole body wellness and so much peace. If you are ready to cancel the stressed out life, learn tactical, intentional strategies as a mom wearing many hats, find more peace, confidence, and joy raising kingdom kids, then listen in. Come on, mama, together we got this. Really, God's got this. So go heat up that coffee again and turn your listening ears on. Let's chat. Mama, you didn't know you could possibly yell at your precious two-year-old. You feel so guilty and like you're doing the worst job at mothering. You feel like you are a failure and your kids and are just, they would be better if you were not their mom, but someone else. You just aren't a good enough mom. Okay, I need you to hear me that these are all lies. Lies. 
But until you pull the roots up of these lies, they will continue to be what you operate under and you will continue to feel this way. I want you to live and walk and mother in truth. I want you to say yes and amen to that and join me in this life-changing step. I want you to go right now to bit.ly forward slash Shan Wright. We are going to do this together. We are going to change those roots. I'm going to hold your hand and we're going to overcome these lies, dig up roots and plant beautiful flowers of truth that have strong roots. Are you ready to do this with me? Let's go. Hi, Wendy. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited and honored to have you on Holistic Moms podcast today. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. Okay. So I have already introduced you to our listeners and some of your bio, I feel has them really wanting to know where have they maybe seen you as an actress? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I'm just going to um, guess that some of your moms are new moms. (laughs) Or newer moms than I am. My kids are 20, 18, and 16. So um, I did my acting before having children. So it's possible, (laughs) it's possible that you weren't watching the shows that I was on. I remember years ago, this was back when I was acting. So in my my young 20s, mid 20s, and I had to fly somewhere. And the woman next to me, uh, I got into a conversation with her and she said, oh, I was an actress. And she told me what she was on. And I was like, this woman was an actress when I was a baby. Like it had been a while, <laughs> but I had done um, a lot of um, episodes, like where I would be a guest on an episode of okay. Melrose Place, Jag, Star Trek Voyager, things like that. But it would be, it would be one episode here and there. And then lots of commercials, industrial films and so on. But my dream since I was about maybe 18. So I had already been studying through my, my childhood, studying acting. Around 18, I felt the Lord gave me a vision that I was a storyteller for him. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, what does that mean? I, I felt that he said, you keep, keep honing your craft as a storyteller, keep uh, growing to understand my word and keep loving women. And I'm going to bring those three things together. So I thought, okay, well, maybe that's going to look like going to churches and doing a one woman show that allows me to transition into Bible teaching. And, um, and now I, and then I started podcasting once I had kids and then I started writing books and what it, what I came to see is, Oh, I'm still a storyteller. And I, and I, it requires that I love women and know God's word. Um, but this is just a different platform, but it started that I really had a vision that it would be film and television. Yeah. I love that because it's like, it's a passion to speak and to maybe be in front of people, but the way God leads you on that path is totally different than what you envisioned, but it's still that, that seed of skills and talents and abilities that was in you from the beginning. Yeah. You had to like, you had to foster it. You had to say, okay, well, I think it's pointing me this direction. And then God led you like through the path to his plan. So, right. right. So if you're listening to this podcast and you can't see our host, she's like, she's using her hands to make it look like this winding road. And that's so much of what life is, right? I know I, I, I feel like I'm supposed to be doing this 
And so we head off in that direction. And then of course it is a winding road. And so often we can look back and say, oh, that direction I initially went, like I had to go through that to get here. And so I know we're going to have a conversation about gentle parenting and I don't want to um, throw grace over our yelling, explosive behaviors, but sometimes, man, we just have to go through doing things wrong to get to the point where we can say, okay, what did I have to learn to be the parent that God's calling me to be? And so I hope that this is going to be a very, a very uh, gracious, loving, safe conversation to get real about the long and winding road that we might have to take, might have had to take to get to the place where we're saying, okay, God, I'm ready to grow up and um, exhibit more of the fruit of your spirit in my life, in my home. Yes. Yes. I love that. And that's kind of what I talk to a lot is let's not just, you know, survive through motherhood, but this is a season that God wants to teach you a lot in. Yeah. And so lean in and find out and pursue all, all your wellness areas and find out where he wants to teach you. Um, so and I so love that. Often, we we want to see our kids grow up, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. if they would just obey, if they would just, you know, stay in their bed after we tuck them in at night, if they would just, if they would just. And I, I really... I, I believe that God is much more concerned about our maturity than theirs. Yeah. After all, we're however yeah. many years older than they are. And um, one of my very favorite passages in the Bible is Deuteronomy chapter 11. And I love it because it starts out by saying, hey, I'm not talking to your kids. They weren't there when I brought you out of Egypt. They weren't there in the wilderness when I performed all these miracles. They haven't been walking with me and seeing my wonder-working, transforming power. I'm talking to you. And then it goes on to include those familiar verses that are echoed also in Deuteronomy 6 about, and then you'll teach them to your kids. You, mm-hmm. Then you'll teach them to walk in my ways. But yeah. so often we get we get overwhelmed and yes, exasperated and maybe even triggered and explosive with our kids because we get so focused on their lack of maturity. But when we start with, okay, God, how do you want to refine us? Can you call me out on where I'm triggered as though it was a problem with me rather than with a a problem with my kid that's triggering me. Can we do, can we start here? Yeah. um, There's an opportunity for us to grow in Christ's likeness. And then we can invite our kids up with us. Oh yeah, absolutely. I see that so much. Um, Okay. So I once heard of you, my first time I heard of you was at Mops. And I saw this video and I think it was, around when Triggers came out, your book Triggers, and it's yes. perfect timing because I was in, it was only two kids. It was the second kid that broke me. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, when I heard, it was a video and I heard you, you're so sweet natured. And I heard you say, I didn't know that I could be angry until I became a mom. And I felt seen for the first time. I was like, Cause that's something you don't want anyone to know about you that you might've yelled at your kids before you got to mops that morning. Like when you said that it encouraged me so much and I got your book, I got the workbook, I got parenting scripts and I just like tried to learn all that I could. 
because it was just so encouraging. So what is this feeling of anger? We talk a lot about feelings on this podcast too. And what do we do with them? Because we don't have them. Well, as my therapist would say, they're just feelings. (laughs) Like we don't have to avoid them. We can talk about them. (laughs) Yeah. So what, what about this feeling of anger that comes when we are, we're like, wait, this never has happened in my life before. And now I'm yelling at these sweet little children. How yeah, do you- I'm, I, I had read years ago, and I think that we, we also included it in triggers, that what if we consider our angry feelings um, like a red flag? Like mm. we, we're, we get to slow down and say, oh my goodness, I'm supposed to take note of something. And oftentimes we go first to, well, obviously my feelings of anger are telling me that my kid is disrespectful and he needs to learn to be respectful. And so much of triggers is yes. And yes, that's true. And what is it about me that requires, that, that thinks that my, my three-year-old and my six-year-old and my 12-year-old are supposed to have mastered being respectful. Yeah. And why am I so desperate for what I think respect is supposed to look like in this season? And God, I mean, if anyone has been disrespected, it would disrespected, it would be your son. So how about we start there? How did Jesus respond when he was obviously disrespected, um, spat at, beaten? ridiculed, mocked to the point of a cross? What was his response? What should my response be? Hey, what would it be age appropriate? What are good parenting tactics when our kids actually are struggling with not yet understanding what it looks like to be respectful? And so if we start seeing our angry uh, emotions as opportunities oh, there's something I get to learn here, or there's something my kids need to learn here. I like the term apparently, like the word apparently, because though though I'm not actually going to like take us back into Latin roots here, because that's not what this is about. The word parent is, is tucked into the word apparent, right? So when my kids are, I mean, this is true for my teens too, uh, I picked up my 15, almost 16 year old from water polo practice last night. It's nine o'clock at night. I dropped him off at the pool at 5:45 in the morning. Oh, and then he so he had a, a swim practice, and then he went to school and he did some studying. He went to water polo. So I've been shuttling him places all day. He gets in the car immediately. He's on his phone, which I've said, hey, when I've not been with you all day, could you just like you know shut it down for just the mm-hmm. drive home in at least. Yeah. And he goes straight into tomorrow. Can I see, we call her his special friend because he's not yet 16. <laughs> so until you're 16, buddy, it can be a special friend, but you're yeah, not having like friends. That. It's not like you can pick her up and take her on a date. So we try to keep it real lighthearted, but I had just asked him, put down your phone, let's be together. But he's already asking about tomorrow where he can go to yeah. spend time with others other than the person who's like investing in him right now. Anyway, that's a lot of backstory to say, whether you have toddlers or teens, you're always going to have triggers. So the way he responded to me was what I would consider very disrespectful. To be honest, I don't go to anger as quickly as I go to heartache and sadness. 
Yeah. Like I'll just, I'll just feel so attacked and abused. And so it's something that I'm trying to work on. Okay. What if instead of being triggered to be sad, this is, I'm, I'm given an opportunity to learn something either about myself or my child. And apparently my son hasn't learned all he needs to learn about showing respect. Yes. Done this when he was a toddler. He's a teen now. And apparently he's not learned it yet. And what's in the middle of that word is apparently I've got some parenting still to do. So Wendy, let's you get to work through why you're triggered. And that's a topic too. But what does this child need from his parent in this moment? And usually it takes a, a pause on my part. Because if I just go to those knee-jerk reactions on what I think the right response is, again, knee-jerk, we're going to go to the root the root word here, jerk. I can end up being a jerk because I'm just responding no matter how well-intentioned I am, no matter if they're two years old or they're 22 years old. If all I do is just react, oftentimes I'm going to react like a jerk. I need something more spiritual in me. I need Christ in me walking me through what are these feelings? What's going on with him? What does he need from his parent? Because apparently he hasn't learned to be respectful yet in this now context. Yeah, that's kind of hard to at the same time to know that, like that word apparently. Because then you're like, well, apparently you haven't learned this yet. So apparently I'm going to I'm not done. To get all like sassy, like, yeah, I have girls. I have my two oldest are girls. Then I have two boys. And so the sass is everywhere. And it's like, I can very easily jump in that and be like, you know, even if I'm saying something good, the way that I'm saying it. Right. Right. So that's, and then really it's not just a pause in the moment though. Sometimes we need to actually respond in the moment. So take a pause, think about it. Okay. Wendy, you're having hurt feelings right now. So does this, is this about you or is he actually needing some parenting here? So in that moment, I can work through those things. Oh, that's right. Okay. But yes, also it's okay that I've asked him to put his phone down. We haven't been together for the whole day to go right into where can you take me tomorrow does feel um, a little disrespectful. I'm here right now serving you. Right now, I'd like to just spend the 15 minutes on our drive home connecting with you, hearing about your day, sharing about mine uh, before we launch into all the things you would like me to do for you tomorrow. And if I'm not responding in anger, then they don't have to get defensive, right? If if you have a spouse, if you have a friend, like if you respond to that grown up in judgment and anger, they're going to get defensive. Now we're talking about a teenager or a three-year-old, whatever age. And um, what if we just slowed our role for a minute, figured out if parenting is required in that moment? If it is, what should it look like? And that's that's hard to do. So I'd like to just switch it up a little bit and go back to this book that you came across, this, this message you came across. The book is called Triggers. And uh, the subtitle is Exchanging Parents' Angry Reactions for Gentle Biblical Responses. And the way that it's laid out is 30 common triggers. 
And we, we lay out what that trigger is. You probably don't need much of a, an explanation because very likely, because they're common triggers, you've experienced most of these to some extent. And then um, our encouragement is to take some time as you go through this book, pinpointing what are yours? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe all of them, but what are your common most common recurring triggers. Because I remember when my kids were young, I would get to the end of my day and I would be so shocked that I blew it again. Yeah. That I hadn't taken the time to make a better plan. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a quote in the book where I say, figure out what you mean to say before you say something mean. Well, you're not going to do that in the car on the way home from water polo practice or on your way to mops, on your way to church or trying to get in the car again with everybody having their issues. And we've all got issues and the kids seem to have a lot of them. Those aren't the moments to make a new plan. So as you go through this book, and I love that you mentioned that you also got the workbook because that's where like you really do get to do the work. So Triggers has a trigger study guide. And I say, if every now and then you feel like lousy about the way you treated your kids, you responded to your kids, get the book. If it's like most nights, <laughs> get the study guide and a couple of friends and work through it together. Mm-hmm. And what you'll do is you'll pinpoint, oh, this really is a recurring trigger. And what would a better response have looked like? And it doesn't mean you have to knock it out of the park on your very first switch. Like you can assess, oh, that really didn't work. That didn't feel natural. I, I was still really worked up. I think this is the phrase I would like to use. And that's why Amber Leah and I wrote a follow-up book called Parenting Scripts. Because sometimes we need to not just pinpoint where we're losing it. We really need to be intentional about, but what am I going to say from now on when my kid if it's a young kid and they're crying for more screen time, or if it's an older kid who has access to their own phone and just shutting down their phone from your, you know, your master phone doesn't feel very respectful. And you want to have actually a phrase you can say that becomes familiar. Um, what should that new parenting script look like? Let me figure out what I mean to say before I say that same old mean thing again. Yeah. So really when we feel the triggers, it's an invitation for us to prepare, not just in that moment, but in the future. Hey, that's a recurring problem in our family. How am I going to deal with bedtime routine, dinner time routine, getting ready to get out the door for Sunday church routine? I'm going to have a better plan that's respectful and helpful. Yeah. One of the phrases that you use that as a parenting script that stuck with me and I still use to this day, which I would I would like to say I've used a lot of them, but I have to practice more. But the one that I stick with is, uh, can you try that again? Like it's so thoughtful, because it's like, so easy and short. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I haven't said this to anyone. I'm turning fifty this year, and like, I think my hearing's going. <laughs> I, I I think it's possible. Oh, no. So. Um, well, I'm turning 40 and my sight's going. So I'm waiting. Oh, well, and I, yeah, I, I should have said my sight and my hearing, but we're talking about, can you try that again? So specifically the hearing, like it would make sense if I didn't get something to say, could you say that again? Or could you turn up the volume, right? <laughs> All we're doing is 
giving them another chance to send the message to us so we can hear it. But what we're saying is the way you sent the message, I, I can't receive the message that way. Yeah. Um, and some of these scripts, I always encourage short and pithy. Like my kids know that when I say, I don't, I don't even need to say the whole sentence. Can you say that again? Can you try that again? What was that? Like sometimes I'll be like, huh? Right. Yeah. And they know because I've said this so often over the years, mom is communicating much more than she didn't hear me. And most of us that struggle with triggers also struggle with nagging and lecturing. Lots of words. When mm -hmm. our kids might need a full expl uh, ex explanation a couple of times, this is true for toddlers too. They might need us to sit down in the glider, wrap them in our arms and say, you know what, buddy? I would, I would never let a stranger talk to me the way that you just did. And so mom has had to have boundaries with others. Like if someone spoke to me that way, I would, I would leave. Now I'm not going to leave you, but I am going to have a boundary that you can't talk to me that way. I am way too valuable and precious in this family and to God. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to allow you to talk to me that way. So I think moving forward, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you to try again if you speak to me that way. Um, Cause I'm not going to walk out on you, but I am going to give you another chance to try how you're talking to me. And so I give the lecture, I give the bigger explanation. And then later that day, when they're melting down, I'm not going to, whatever. Say, I'm sorry. Could you try that again? Mm -hmm. And very likely they'll remember, oh yeah, mom would never let someone else talk to me. I don't want to talk to her that way. Well, it's just, I want more five more minutes on my phone or on your iPad. Yes, but I, I was respectful in how I talked to you when I said before, before we have dinner that you have 20, 30 minutes, whatever it is, and then it'll shut down and you can come help me get the dinner to the table. So I already spoke to you in a respectful way. And now it's your turn to, to speak to me in a respectful way. Yeah. Oh, I but love it, that. It, it, but you can't, most of us can't come up with that gentle stuff off the cuff because the fruit of the spirit is slow growing in our lives. Uh, you know, Galatians 5 22 says the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I mean, if the Lord had asked me for any edits, I would have put self-control first because it makes all the other fruit much easier. Exactly. Exactly. Doesn't it though? Yes. But, um, you know, fruit is slow growing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes God will do a miraculous work, like bam, work in our lives. But for the most part, fruit is slow growing in our kids' lives and in ours. Um, but it goes on, that passage goes on to say, if you live by the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. So even once the fruit is there, like there's still this muscular work of, I got to keep in step with that fruit of yeah. that Spirit in my life. And that just is, it is absolutely the opposite of our natural reactions. Yeah. And so we don't live by our flesh. We live by the spirit. Mm -hmm. And that means denying our flesh reactions. And so 
God in his kindness leads us to a place of repentance, right? Mm -hmm. So we say, okay, I see that I tend to respond from my flesh there, Lord. Thank you for being so gentle to convict me, right? This isn't fire and brimstone. You're not beating me up. Yeah. Could it be that the same way that you your gentleness leads me to res to repentance, could it be that the gentleness of a mom also invites her kids to repentance and change? Okay, I'm going to I'm going to meditate on that. Mm. Start here. Lord, yeah. and I'll then respond to my kids the same way you've convicted me and talked to me about my lack of fruit. Yeah. Um I love that. And I love how you guys kind of start the book talking about how God loves us mm -hmm. and even the first Corinthians love, right? Like we, as moms, we love our kids. Like that's universal. We all love our kids so much, but are we showing them that love? And I love how you guys point that out. Can you share uh, a little bit, um, like when this real love is triggered and how we get back to that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, well, maybe, maybe I'm not actually going to answer the question quite like that. Cause I, I've been just realizing lately that we do love our kids, but it doesn't mean that we ever learned how to love in a healthy Christ-like way. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, it, it is sort of what I've been talking about already, but just lately I've been thinking about, and this is not included in the book triggers. It could be one of our reasons for being triggered is it, as children ourselves, we never learned yeah. to deal with stressors. You know, it's possible that when you got emotional, your mom sent you to your room and said, when you're able to handle your emotions, you can join us again, which sounds like a good idea. Hey, you're out of control. Go to your room, calm it down. You are welcome. Like it sounds very loving. And I think that most parents are well-intentioned when we say things like that. But if that was always how you dealt with big emotions, then you never really dealt with big emotions. And then here you are raising kids that have big emotions who's going to teach them how yeah. to deal with their big emotions when you never got to learn what your big emotions were and how to process them. So um, right now, I actually don't even remember what your, your question was. It just, I felt prompted to say some of this stuff is really hard. Yeah, it is really hard. And I mean, um, I've, I've asked my friends, a few of my friend, mom friends, what triggers them? Yeah. And one of the common triggers, which it's in the book, of course, and you wrote the chapter, is overstimulation. Yes, that's a big one and, for me. Yeah, and it goes with this whole fruit situation. So can you yeah. share <laughs> share that? Yeah, you know, what's interesting is when I wrote this book, my middle son was nine, maybe 10, and he's 18 now. And just a couple of days ago, we were talking through, so he's, he's doing his last semester of homeschool high school okay. and he has already applied to college, been accepted, knows what he wants to major in. And, um, 
And so we were talking about the process of uh, these next steps. And one thing that he wants for himself, I am not supportive of, but I'm very supportive of him choosing so much about his life, but the way he wanted to do enroll in college, well, specifically it was living off campus, living far away from campus. And, um, and I said to have our support for going to college and room and board, you need to live on campus. Mm -hmm. And this was not an off the cuff response. We have been praying about it. We've been talking about it. His father and I are on the same page. And this was me now gently, respectfully setting a boundary saying, this is how you have our support uh, financially for college. And, um, and so we had a hard, but respectful conversation. And then the next day he brought it up again. And I had had a very hard day. I was emotionally spent. Mm -hmm. I had been on my phone all day. I was overstimulated. I had to also quickly have this conversation with him because I needed to go pick up his younger brother somewhere. And um, and there were other things going on too. And when he brought it up, I felt disrespected. I felt like he was yelling at me. And he's the one, he lifted his hand. He said, mom, my voice is calm. I'm just bringing it up again. I would like to talk about this because I have some other things to say. He actually was speaking in a respectful way. I could not control my triggers because of me. Yeah. So the the point isn't what the issue was. Again, this is toddlers to teens and well beyond. This is sometimes we're not able to cope with our kids because we're not able to cope. Mm -hmm. And um, and in those times, you know, it's hard when you're triggered because you're overstimulated. And you have young kids because you can't reason with them and say, hey, can we circle back to this? Like there might be an actual meltdown over an actual thing and they need our parenting. So there's not a let's circle back to this when mom's calm. But sometimes we can do that with toddlers. Instead of a kid timeout, we might need a mom timeout. Hey, can we just, can we take a little break? I know you have big feelings right now. I have big feelings too. I love you and I want to respond to you in a loving way. And right now I can't. So mm -hmm. let's have this conversation after dinner when we're having dessert. Can we have this conversation then? It'll give us both time to calm down. And that can actually be our parenting script. Yeah. But back to this idea of being overstimulated. I learned about myself and Hello, Holistic Podcast. Let's talk about this because we're talking about the whole mom here. Yep. Um, being on my phone too many hours fills up my heart, my mind, my thoughts. So it's like a cup that gets all filled up. And then the kid just barely bumps up against the cup and I'm going to spill. Mm -hmm. The same is true with that time that I set aside to go for a walk, but I spent it talking to a friend. And it was really more of a, a gossipy talk than an uplifting, encouraging talk. And then I come in the door and my house is a mess. So I'm overstimulated there. And I had my music going in this room and the kids are watching whatever TV show they're watching in the next one. And my husband has his door to his office open and I hear him trying to have a, a business call and he's yelling out, Hey, would you guys pipe down? 
And then we get to the table. Nobody comes when they were called to the table and everybody starts complaining about, about broccoli. Yeah. I can't deal with the fact that nobody didn't, nobody came to the table when they were called. I came in for my busy day. I made the dinner. I cannot keep my crud inside of me because my cup's all filled up with all this other nonsense. And my kids are overstimulated too. And so again, not in that moment, but that's something I need to start talking to the Lord about. I'm overstimulated, God. What's overstimulating me? So I'm in a season right now, and some of you guys are going to log off to this podcast as soon as you hear me say this. I'm doing a 40-day sugar fast right now, which is something I do online. It is another one of my books. I actually created this book originally for moms because I thought, well, I wonder if we if we stopped eating sugar so much, like would we be calmer, kinder, more consistent, maybe even more Christ-like? And I found that, yes, actually being amped up all the time because of our sugar high makes it hard to stay calm. But this time that I'm doing the sugar fast, I've realized I've been really emotional. I bet it would be good for me to not have any caffeine. Mm. So I also am knocking out ca caffeine. And for me, hello, it's a stimulant. We're talking about the chapter. Yeah. I'm being overstimulated. I have been so much calmer emotionally and able to cope with the stresses of life, let alone the stresses of my children and my marriage, because I'm not addicted to a stimulant. Yeah. So this can be about phone. It can be about sugar. It can be about the noise. Maybe you need to have quiet time in the, in the mornings with the Lord and say, also, maybe I don't always need to have music going. Even praise music mm. can just make for so much stimulation. How about quiet? When are the worst times for your kids and for you? Four o'clock? Well, maybe two to four. Be very intentional that those are quiet times for you. You're not on your phone. You're not, you know, playing music and, and hollering and running all the places. Can those be quiet hours? Doesn't mean that no one's allowed to talk, but fewer stimulants. So that mm -hmm. when the hard hours of four till eight come, you're settled. You're not overstimulated. Yeah. But again, these are just, it takes us being intentional. Am I going to respond in my flesh? Well, yeah. Hello, I'm fleshy. So what does my flesh need to make more room for the spirit to lead the charge? Yeah. And they might not know this, but this book, I don't think we've said this yet, is broken up. The first part is external triggers. And the second part is internal That's because right. so much of what comes out is from what's in and we haven't dealt with our mm -hmm. stuff inside yet. Our stuff. That's, that's a nice way to put it. So yes. triggers really is, I mean, most moms pick it up thinking, yes, yes, I want to, yes, I'm, I'm going to tell you I struggle with anger. Okay. I'm fine with you talking to me, but really, can we get to the chapters about how to get my kids to complain? I mean, to stop complaining so that I don't have to get angry. And we, I mean, the focus really is on both, but it does, whether we're talking about the things they do or the things we do, we're always coming back to God, how do you want to grow me up? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's so kind and patient. I'm, I'm reading the Old Testament right now and long suffering. I just always come back to how long suffering the Lord is with his people. I'm his people. You're his people. We want mm-hmm. our kids to commit to being his people too. So let's represent his long suffering love well to our people, our kids. Right. That's, that's what I was get, um, getting at before. It was the love endures with patience. Love mm. is kind and thoughtful. It is not jealous. It is long suffering. It bears all things. And like, it goes yeah. on and on. And we're like, are we really loving our kids? If this is how God loves us, are we really loving them and pointing them to Jesus? Or are we just loving them as the world says and yeah. giving them all this money? Now, Shannon's not making this this offer. I'm making it on her behalf. If you would go to the show notes for this episode, I want to encourage her to plop down uh, that that passage is 1 Corinthians 13, and it's the love is chapter. And I want to encourage you guys, either print it out. I really would encourage you to write it out. Write this passage out. Uh, and maybe write it out every morning. This is what I do when I'm when I'm really meditating on a passage. And write it out every morning. And then each time you write it out, stick it somewhere else in your house. Put it in your closet where you get dressed, where you grab your clothes in the morning. Put it on the outside of your fridge. Put it on the mirror in your in your bathroom where you put on your tinted sunscreen and your chapstick and call it makeup for the day because you're so busy. Um and just let it let it do a work in your heart. Mm-hmm. We can have all the love in the world, like the emotional feeling of loving our kids. But if we aren't behaving in a loving way and we're asking them to respond right when we aren't, um, we're just not going to bear much fruit in our lives or in our family. And, and our kids are going to struggle with developing that fruit too. Yeah. Okay. I will do that. I will put it in the show notes. That's an amazing. (laughs) I'll tell you what you're going to include in your show notes. (laughs) We like to get super practical here and always have homework and intentional action. so I love that. That's a really, really great one. I have not done that. So I'm going to do it. Well, and Um, I also ask you, Shannon, speaking of being practical, um, when I speak at mops groups, one of my favorite things to do is to look out at that group and say, okay, we can talk about this general concept of being triggered, but who's brave enough to say, here are my top two or three triggers. What what would you say to that, Shannon? Because my response is, all right, let's brainstorm. I mean, who's safer to do it with than a bunch of easily triggered moms? What could a right response look like when our kids do wrong? Yeah. Well, I have two that I know right away. One is raising their voice. So whether it's something good or bad, mostly bad though, raising their voice, it irks me. And I know why it does. It's from my growing up. Yeah. And the other one is disobeying. If I say something and they don't obey. It's, I asked you to do something. So that's what, uh, I'm really proud of you for already having started the work of pinpointing where it started for you. Mm -hmm. My guess is both of those triggers can be somehow associated with 
what growing up was like for you. Um, and also when you layer in that we have God's word um, at our fingertips, it's very easy to take those verses and they become almost, we can weaponize them against our kids and against our ourselves as though if our kids are disobedient, it won't go well for them. And so that becomes our parenting motto. If you obey me, right? And it becomes more like a, a hammer mm-hmm. than a than a a scalpel, a surgeon's scalpel to cut out sin and encourage righteousness and health. And so we got to be really careful to understand our motives and understand our triggers. So I'm really proud of you there. It takes a lot of courage. I, I, I heard that generational patterns won't ever change until someone's brave enough to say, hmm, I'm going to feel that. I'm going to deal with that. I'm going to do something with that. So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not going to invite you to share like the raising your voice thing, but sometimes big feelings have bigger volume. And it's it's like me sharing earlier. I go to a place of sadness if if my kids are being what I consider rude. And what I've had to learn is, no, my kids are having emotions and I'm not comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a me problem. And I don't ever want to say um, that this means we don't have to do the hard parenting. Our kids need to learn to obey because it's good for them and we love them and a family works better and life beyond our immediate family is going to work better. And so we want to deal. But when we're dealing with it, because we have some processing and growing up to do, mm-hmm. we can't deal with it well. And so I do encourage you guys to do some processing with the Lord. Um, Maybe there's a care counselor there at your church that you can sit down with and say, here's some things I realize about me and their triggers for when I'm parenting. Um, Do you have any resources maybe that you can encourage me with? Uh, But that's that's probably a different conversation, but it's one that I'm working through right now. So it's top of mind for me. Um, But- the raising of the voice, you can have that longer conversation and say, guys, this for me is very stressful. One, it feels disrespectful. And two, it's just, it's not the way that I want to live in a family with us yelling at each other. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would like as a family to work on softer tones. I find them more respectful I would like that to be our home environment. So when things get loud, here are the things you can expect me to say. And you need to be prepared ahead of time. What are those parenting scripts going to be? So you did the longer conversation. It was respectful. It took ownership of you. It let them know what they can expect in the future. And maybe it's going to be, let's try that again in a softer tone. Mm -hmm. I can hear softer voices better than I can hear loud voices. Loud voices stress me out and I won't be able to respond lovingly to you. I mean, choose your, choose your one. You don't have to say them all, but understand yourself, find a script and then consistently say it. And a time will come when your kids can say, I know, I know what mom needs for me to communicate effectively. Yeah. And then it's also possible your kids will never like it, but it's how it works in your ha- in your house. If they want a response from you, they will need to have a softer tone. 
Yeah. Yep. Definitely. I, I still use the try again. Let's not raise our voice. Try again. But, um, I, I think the longer conversation is warranted and I think you go so long and then they, they have a new trigger and they have a new thing that they're going through. And so then it's a, another longer conversation is warranted again. Cause it's like, try again, isn't working right now because you're going through a whole nother There's parenting. Thing. Apparently I have more parenting to do. Apparently right? we have to talk about something else. Yes. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people use punishment thinking that it's going to do the parenting for them. Punishment doesn't do the parenting. Parenting is here's here's what's here's how I'm going to model how we behave. Here's how I'm going to clearly communicate what's expected. Here are clearly communicated boundaries and consequences. And uh, what's the opposite of consequences? Uh, you know, blessings, uh, rewards, rewards. That's the word. Um, so everybody's on the same page, right? That's the parenting. Punishment. And there's a place for consequences. Absolutely. I mean, if you've got a kid that's that's yelling and being disrespectful over and over, say, hey, I'm going to remove you, remove myself from you. We are going to separate until we're able to calm down and speak about this respectfully. Um you know, and it can even be, I know it would break your heart. And we talked about mops, but if on the way to mops, there's a, there's that same old meltdown and disrespectful pit throwing and she loves going to mops and you love going to mops. You might need to turn the car around, or maybe you're on your way to the park for a play date, or you're on the way to Susie's house, or you're on the way to soccer practice. Maybe the consequences, guys, we are going to miss out on this blessing. Yeah. And we don't want to hammer God's word at them, but we can remind them. We've memorized that verse that when you obey your parents, it goes well for you. This is the opposite of obedience. <laughs> and so the opposite of going well is that it's not going to go well. We are going to turn this car around. We're going home. Everyone's going to have about 15 minutes in their room to just calm it down. And then- you're going to come out. We're going to make a great meal. We're going to have lunch. Uh, and we're going to yeah. do X, Y, and Z. And we can play in the backyard. Um, it's a beautiful day. We can even do sprinkler play. We can grab some popsicles. Like we're going to have fun, but we lost that privilege. Mm -hmm. And you can expect this from me moving forward. And yeah. that's the key of consistency and clearly communicated boundaries, consequences is um, and this is true with getting out of bed at nap time, right? Is if one day you're you're throwing a fit yourself because they're throwing a fit and the next you're spanking them or the next you're threatening spanking and then the next one you're bribing, bribing them with a lollipop and then the next day you're going to crawl into bed and fall asleep with them. They don't know what to expect. And so when we all of a sudden punish them, thinking that's going to get the job done, we haven't done our parenting yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Consequences shouldn't do the parenting. Consequences should reinforce the parenting we've already done. Yes. And we that need to is... do it in a calm and loving and respectful way. Yeah, that's pretty convicting. And um, I know not only me, but others have needed to hear that. So that is good. Um, I feel like we could talk to you all day. 
I know, but, I know. And that's uh, what friends are for, which is why grab a friend and grab the study guide with the book and then talk about it one chapter at a time. Yeah. Do. Yeah. Hey, we have a Facebook group. You guys, I may even do that, pull a trigger each week. And we talk about it because um, first off, you have to get this book. And I would highly suggest getting the study guide and parenting scripts to go with it. Because no matter if you are dealing with one of these triggers now, if you have multiple kids, it's going to come up in a different way yeah. with a different kid at a different time. And so grab them. Because and because we're each trigger where we are pointing to God's word. Yeah. I've heard from so many people saying, yeah, you know, overstimulation isn't my jam, but man, the lesson that you took us to applies to other triggers as well. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Don't just pick and choose, like work your way through because it's rich with God's word and God's word is the only thing that really has the power to transform us. We can practice behaving different, but God's word doesn't, does a work in our hearts and in our lives. And remember the fruit in our lives is what God is most focused on in our family. Our kids are kids. We're the adults. He wants to see maturity from us first. And then we get that privilege of inviting our kids up into maturity with us. Yes. Our verse for the podcast is First um, Thessalonians 5, 23 to 24. So God is continually sanctifying us, mind, body, and spirit. And it's us. Like we are responsible for us in that sanctification process. We're asking God, take us on it and renew us each day. So Love that. And you have been such a blessing and so wonderful to hear all this great gentle parenting um, responses and how to parent. So um, can you just tell people real quick where they can find you and connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Wendyspeak.com. Speak has an E at the end. Um, I don't do a lot of blogging these days, but um, also on Facebook, just search Wendy Speak or on Instagram. Um, I'm I'm active there for most of the year, except for when I'm doing a 40-day sugar fast or a 40-day social media fast, because <laughs> especially the 40-day social media fast, obviously I'm not there um, because I have learned that overstimulation is a trigger of mine. So I need I need quiet seasons to settle my spirit and engage intentionally with my kids. Yes. All right. Thank you so much. Um, and I'll put all the links in the show notes, especially along first with first Corinthians 13. I will do so. All right, Wendy, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Hey, wellness warrior. I pray that blessed you. And if so, it would bless me big if you would write a five-star review and subscribe on Apple podcasts. Not only would this make me super happy, but it will allow for others to find this show too. Also, I love to chat over on Instagram, so make sure to take a screenshot, share to your Instagram stories, and tag me at the Shan Wright so I can see it and we can keep chatting and bring other moms to chat with us. Until we get to chat again, mama friend, may the Lord's face shine upon you and give you peace.